As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents... Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Bogue. I do think he has the support of his teammates. Why would you not be rooting for him to succeed? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. I don't mean to psychoanalyze this stuff, but this is what we do in Chicago. This is what we do with our quarterbacks. And this is the biggest story in town. Here they are, The Adams. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in Hogue and Johns and Kevin Fishbay. Going to three-man weave today. He's got the household plant behind him. If you're watching on YouTube. It's actually a flant. Flant? It's not real. Fake plant. Fake plant. No Fake ferns plant. for you. I was gonna Looks say, good, though. I feel like trick. we're on Zach Galifianakis' two-fern show. Next to one flant. You should start your own podcast, and that could be the name of it. Think about one, it. <laughs> next to one flint, Fishman and his flant. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk bears and 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 uh, go on the Sounds air. Sounds almost inappropriate. Tuesdays and Thursdays and, and post game during the season. Okay, all right. That's what we need. Another bears podcast. There's there's plenty of them out there. We were the first, though. Damn it, right. Uh, I think so, at least. Welcome in. Uh, we are excited to be here on a Friday. I totally forget why we waited to Friday. I know there was a good reason, but it's Friday now. Um, and so we'll have some Friday fun on here as we uh, get going. You can, If you're watching us on YouTube, on our YouTube feed, you can check that out and see the flant. Kevin Fishbay's hat. What's your hat today, buddy? Oh, it's the athletic. Oh, yeah. nice. Representing. I actually I thought about wearing my Northwestern hat uh, to honor the women's basketball team. Strong run, kind of a bad collapse there against Louisville. I'm sure you guys were watching. I uh, I was aware. Yeah, I did not watch it, but I did see that they um, had an 18 point lead in the first quarter and lost. And then I re- had to remember that they play quarters in women's basketball because I always forget that. I uh, you guys can as as fathers of children can relate to this. I, I have to start wearing a hat more. I think around my house because my son doesn't like 
when I put a hat on, he just stares at me like I'm a stranger. And I've like tried to I've like explained to him, like, listen, it's still me. I'm just wearing a hat. Like, don't freak out. I'm wearing a hat. It's fine. You have to get used to this because I'm balding and I need to wear a hat. And he's seven months old, so he doesn't understand what I'm saying. But it, we're just trying to get there. So like he can like see me with a hat and realize I'm still the same person. For me, it's the glasses. I'm a recent glasses wearer. This mm-hmm. is new for me. I'm only two or three years into glass wearing. And no, when okay. I first got them, <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine. Well, my infant son didn't recognize me at first because of the glasses. Uh, I feel like I have to put on my glasses now because you guys are wearing yours. But All right. Uh, that's enough for the YouTube crowd. Everybody else listening on the podcast has no idea what we're talking about because they can't see us. But you can check out the YouTube uh, if you want. Just go find the Hogan Johns channel and subscribe. We appreciate those of you have, who have done that. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, and at K Fishbane on Twitter. You can find all of our content up there and uh, random complaints about uh, Eloy Jimenez getting hurt and uh, excitement over the Vucevic trade. Is it Vukovic or Vucevic? That is Vukovic. Okay. Yeah, Vukovic. I think the PA guy tweeted it. Yeah, the name's going to get butchered by Chicagoans, but. All right. Well, I already did it once, so there you go. Uh, which is sad because he's actually one of my favorite players to watch in the NBA. I love that guy. So I'm excited about the trade. And uh, yeah, what a roller coaster yesterday was in Chicago sports. And oddly, the Bears were out of it. They weren't a part of the Well, they, the had, that drama. Tweet, they had that tweet the other day, QB1. That was something. I mean, we could talk. We could start <laughs> with that. I'm ready to go on that. <laughs> go ahead. Well, Teed you uh, up. Well, here, okay. So let's have a multiple choice question here. Were they. One, uh, how do I word this? How were they just completely unaware of what that tweet would do? That's option A. Were they purposely trolling their fan base at this point? Option B, because that tweet felt like a troll, did it not? That's one option. Or are they one hundred percent? Trading up for Zach Wilson at number two, and they are just try, trying to throw like no one's buying the Mike Glennon BS anymore because you already did that. So let's go all in on trying to make sure everybody thinks Andy Dalton's number one. I'm on to you, Bears. Get out of here. I, I I I find it very hard to believe that Ryan Pace went down to the social <laughs> media department and goes, "Hey, how's that photoshopped?" Photo of Andy How's that coming Dalton along? Coming along. <laughs> I've been thinking about this, and we don't need to say anything other than QB one. Just put that out there. Actually, See I find it hard happens. to believe that Ryan Pace was involved in that tweet at all. No, I is that fair? Like in any three of those options, any yes, three of those yes. scenarios. So, I, but I can't figure out which one it is because what a weird tweet. Yeah, so I'm not going to read too much into it. Uh, I think it's just the the social media department. I, and I like all of those people who work for there. I, I like Larry Mayer. You know, Larry Mayer is somehow involved in this too, I believe. Probably not. But doubt I, I, think I doubt Larry, Larry had nothing to do with that tweet. <laughs> so I, was I say, like to think he did. Yeah, Larry had nothing to do with it, but it's much more fun to assume it was all Larry's idea. Yes. yes. <laughs> so let's, 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 let's assume that Bears website reporter Larry Mayer came up with this idea and decided mm-hmm. to troll the fan base. But yeah, you, you saw it. You're like, oh, like my first reaction is like, oh no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these I, comments are going to be intense. 
it, it, it is a very, you know, it's a very good social media department. They have jobs to do. And look, we all know how this works. Engagement is an important part of everyone's job. And there wasn't probably a more engaged with tweet in the NFL than that one. What do they say? You know, there's like good publicity, bad publicity. Like they're getting there's attention. no such thing as bad advertising. Yeah, my, my thing, I have two questions with it. One, Andy Dalton does not seem like the type of guy who needs like the reassurance from the social media department that he's a starting quarterback, right? Agreed, yes. And here's my second thing. Do you know what happened that afternoon? Your team's best player on offense signed his franchise tag. So why wouldn't you put up a picture of Allen freaking Robinson and say WR1 because your best player on offense the past three seasons signed his franchise tag? Well, I think the answer to that is they're still playing games with him. I, I would, I, I'm sure that's the answer, but like, talk about a... You've had two weeks where you've been, well, two plus years, decades, of being the laughingstock of the NFL. You've been the laughingstock on social media. Your best player signed his franchise tag why don't you announce that and celebrate it and, and promote him instead of you know can you know like everyone everyone's mad about andy dalton so and it's not uh, andy dalton's fault not andy say. dalton's fault and, and i would go ahead and say that i don't know what bears fans were expecting when the bears signed andy dalton i don't know what the big deal is like what what did you think was going to happen but yeah I, I just think that like hey you, you had something positive to promote guy named Allen Robinson signed his franchise tag. There's a long way to go in negotiations. We all know that. But hey, you can you could promote that instead and see what happens then. Yeah, that was uh I don't know. That was and that was after Eloy got hurt. So I was already kind of aggravated. And then I I saw it cuz I don't know. I you guys have the bears on your notif I get notifications when the bears tweet. So I that came across my phone and I was like, "Oh no." Yeah. Same response. Oh, no. <laughs> here we go. Uh, yeah. The quote so, tweets. That was the second time that day I asked, what are you doing? Because the first was with Eloy. What are you doing hanging on the wall? They also had the pictures of Andy Dalton boxing. Did, did you see those? Oh, I saw those. That was actually cool. That I have no problem with. Like that, You're showing your guys like... Uh, you got some toughness. Yeah, he's, he's working. Gonna need it. I mean, he's that, gonna need that thick skin here. I, I, I had that was. I actually thought those were cool. Um, so uh, whatever. He is QB one. There's no question right now. For now, which leads us to our first topic. Um, and there's going to be a lot of hypothetical conversation here because we are moving into draft season, and that's pretty much all hypothetical. But Zach Wilson's pro day is today, as we record on Friday. And uh, I, we're recording before he's throwing or anything. I'd be surprised if it's a disaster. I'm going to predict it's going to go very, very well. Yeah. And I'm also going to predict, I don't know this at the time of recording, I'm assuming the Bears will have people there. They've had people at all these quarterbacks' pro days. Um, if they didn't, then I would, again, assume that they are drafting the guy. And, uh, <laughs> here, we, here we go again. It's on again, a, baby. There'll be a dinner uh, in Provo tonight. and uh, What will Zach Wilson's uh, secret name be at the reservation? Well, it can't be Jim McMahon because that would be too obvious in Provo. Yeah, that's true. You, you, 
you know, they, you can't record, you can't say, hey, yeah, Jim McMahon. They're going to actually think Jim McMahon's coming He could in. go Virgil Carter, another former BYU right. quarterback who played for the Bears. Or Glenn Kozlowski. There you go. Koz is back out there. Koz is doing radio for BYU now. Wow, what an idea. He'd be a great guest for this podcast to talk about Zach Wilson. Ding, ding, ding. Can't believe I haven't thought about that before, so let's do that. Um, maybe next week. So here's my question. Is there any chance? Because I can't get back. I can't get over if you believe. Well, even if you don't believe the Dan Patrick report about what the Bears offer was, if they were even in the conversations, we know that they were offering a ton, right? So regardless. So if they're offering a ton for Russell Wilson and they can't get him. Wouldn't they be willing to offer a ton for a quarterback that they might have full conviction on? And I don't know how they feel about Zach Wilson. But when I watch Zach Wilson, I see some of the Patrick Mahomes-like things. I'm not comparing him to Mahomes. I'm just saying he does some special things out there where you're like, he's freewheeling, he throws these off-balance, sidearm, underhand throws sometimes, just crazy stuff that instinctually can't always be taught. So if they fall in love with that, is that on the table? Is that on the table? Uh, of course, you have to have a willing trade partner, and the Jets, if they love them, why would they trade? I'm just, is this something that should be discussed? There is no doubt in my mind that Zach Wilson has some traits that Matt Nagy would find extremely appealing, Mahomes-like. And let's not forget that he was part of that evaluation in Kansas City that led to Mahomes being their number one guy. So that there's... You can make that connection there, but to, to me, where this conversation like almost starts and ends is, I, I just can't see the Jets giving up that pick. Like, if anything, maybe today cements their. Maybe they go out to dinner with Zach Wilson tonight or tomorrow, and that cements their belief in the guy. They like his moxie. They like all the stuff he does on the field, and, and that's it. Conversation over. No. Trade talks whatsoever. I mean, they have to pick up the phone on certain things, but I can't. I, I just I, I could see how the Bears could fall in love with him, but I don't see how they could potentially trade up for him. If that makes sense. Harvey Unga, another BYU uh, former Bear. <laughs> this whole time he's googling <laughs> BYU former Bear. Um, yeah, no, Har- I call Harvey the uh, the mayor of Bourbonnais. Yeah, yeah. Because he was always he was always there every. He summer. was always there. <laughs> Yeah, he was even, when like, he, even when he's not on the team, he was just there. Yeah, it was like three years later. He wasn't even on the team anymore, and it's like Harvey. Uh, but, uh, why, why are you? Why are you dressed for practice? By the way, does do anybody? Does anybody else kind of want to go to Bill's training camp to watch Mitch throw it to Tanner Gentry? Memories. No. Greg Braggs would. <laughs> He'd be there in a heartbeat. No. Um. So here's my question to you guys. <laughs> like, back to the quarterbacks. Uh, I could totally see Ryan Pace's bosses. Uh, being f- okay with the type of offer they were proposing for Russell Wilson. Um, I don't know how the bosses might feel about letting the general manager make that kind of move for an unproven rookie quarterback. And on the one hand, if you're going to keep Ryan Pace as your general manager, you better let him do whatever he thinks is best for the team. And you just got to, if, if George McCaskey is truly hands off football, He's got to be hands off. And like, if you're going to keep Ryan Pace, you got to just let him do whatever you want. But I feel like it's not that simple with everything that's been going on over the past year. So I wonder if that is a potential 
obstacle, not just Zach Wilson, but training up for any of these guys. I wonder if that is a difficult sell to ownership to say, hey, remember last time we traded up for a quarterback in the draft? I know it didn't work out so well. This time we have to trade up even more to get somebody. Uh, do you mind if we do that in a year that you probably need us to win? Like, but isn't that the? It's a great I'm, point. I'm, but I'm not saying like, that's. I'm not sorry. Yeah. I'm not saying that's that's sound ownership strategy. If he's your GM and he's in charge of football operations, you got to let him do what he's got to do. Yeah. But I just I can see that being a potential conversation that takes place. If that's your concern, then you should have fired the guy. Right. Yep. Yes. For the offseason, you let him do what he wants to do now. That is the meddling you say you don't do. That is the involvement that you say you don't have. And this applies to Ted Phillips, too, because we all know he can meddle a little bit. He's supposed to be the checks and balances on, on this, so maybe he needs to hear Ryan Pace out a little bit more. Maybe those talks need to be different. But, again, isn't that the meddling and the involvement that they say they don't have? Here's my question for you guys. What about the other quarterbacks? What about Trey Lance? What about Justin Fields? What if what if Mac Jones does start to fall into the teens? Do you trade up a little bit for them? You guys you have a little Mac Jones battle going on here, don't we do. you? We do. Yeah. He doesn't like him. I kind of no. Like it. it's, actually, it's actually not even accurate. I I don't have a pro. There's enough about Mac Jones that I'm okay with. That um, you know, in the second round. And actually, my issue wasn't even John's that you traded up to grab him at the end of the first. I think that's okay. It's just the fact that then the Bears didn't have any more picks until the sixth round. Um, which, if someone really wanted to do digging on me and call me hypocritical on that, they'd have a point because I'm the one who said that giving up picks for uh, trading up one spot for Trubisky wasn't the end of the world if the quarterback works out, which would be the same argument here. If Mac Jones works out, you're not going to miss those picks, you know, third, fourth, whatever, fifth round that you gave up. Uh, in that trade, I just, he, uh, I mean, I wrote about him a couple weeks ago. There's just, there's, there's just not enough there for me. That's special, I guess. Um, so you would wait. What, what if he, he's there at 20, you don't have to trade or anything. He's just, he's there. He's available for the take. Knowing that quarterback, you put him, you put quarterback first in your rankings. Yeah, your, your your positional needs for the Bears, and it should be everybody's. What do you do? And the um, the other guys are gone, by the way. Right. Okay. What's the intel on where Davis Webb is? Davis Webb. Davis Mills. Did I just combine like two? I did the Cal, the Cal quarterback. Right? Cal went to New York yeah. Giants, I believe. Yeah. Um, he was in the rankings last year. Not Davis. Yeah, Davis Mills. The more I watch him, he looks like Mac Jones to me, but without all the weapons. Minus so, the production. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hung up on I, I feel like Davis Mills has become like this year's where, where people talk themselves into it. But here's the Mac Jones argument. If you put Davis Mills in Alabama's offense, I think he puts up what Mac Jones did. Stanford isn't he even wasn't recruited by Alabama. <laughs> I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that either. Um, well, uh, Davis Mills, good good sneak peek to our next Bears mock draft coming out. Um, but I wonder, guys like this, are the Bears, should they want a not special quarterback? And what I mean by that is, 
you know, how many times have we talked, heard Matt Nagy talk about Alex Smith? Like Alex Smith, I feel like at times is Matt Nagy's perfect quarterback. And Matt, Alex Smith is a, a very good quarterback. He's had a very accomplished career. He was a number one pick, but I don't think anybody would call Alex Smith special. You know, I one of the things that... Um, special Dan, enough to go first overall while Aaron Rodgers sat well, in the right. draft room. Special then, but it, like nobody would say that about his NFL career, I don't think. Maybe Matt Nagy would. Um, but like guys like Mac Jones and Davis Mills who just, you know, they can read the defense, they could get the ball to their playmakers and get out of the way, you know? Like you, you, need, good, you need a good offensive line, you need to have a good defense, like you need all the things the Bears have, you know, or need to build around Andy Dalton, right? But this time, you just build it around a younger quarterback and let him develop. Like, I, I just wonder if, because, and, and maybe part of me, the reason I'm thinking like this is because it just seems so impossible, the idea of trading up for a Zach Wilson or a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields, the guys that have that quote-unquote special skill sets. But maybe the Bears are, you know, built to, you know, flourish with a guy who just is going to operate the offense the way that Matt Nagy always wanted Mitch Trubisky to do it. I think you bring up a good point. You can't go out there searching for Patrick Mahomes. Yes, I mean, that's the dream for, for everybody, right? Finding that next Patrick Mahomes. Um, when, when I did that story on Trubisky that ended our quarterback series, I, ta- I, I, I talked to Dan Orlovsky, and he says it's almost unfair for quarterbacks now, especially the draft picks, that they're always compared now to Patrick Mahomes and, and his quick ascension in, in the NFL, like his quick stardom. Is quick development, and he's still developing. But it's the production, it's the situation he went into with Andy Reid, one of the best play callers of all time, with one of the best tight ends, one of the best, one of the most explosive playmakers in Tyree Kill. Like everything was just perfectly set up for Patrick Mahomes. Not every team is going to have that, so you're going to be looking for Patrick Mahomes. But I think some teams just need to realize, especially for picking in the twenties, it's it's almost an unattainable dream. Yeah, you're settling, but there's only five or six special quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, and finding this, a for the Bears, finding a tier two guy would be like uh, an immense improvement from where they've been. And this I is mean, why like, you draft a quarterback every year. Yeah, this is why you have so you can have these guys you can develop, and, and maybe they turn in to to something. Like I, I was thinking about Kirk Cousins the other day, right? Like, what so, was sorry about that? <laughs> well, like, and, and maybe guy. this is tough because I, I feel like our view of Kirk Cousins is always skewed because the Bears have just kind of owned him a lot the way that their defense is played. Same but with like, Matthew Stafford in a sense. Yeah, but I, I feel like either those two guys would have done pretty well with these the, the the current iteration of the Chicago Bears. Even some of the Cutler teams. Like I feel like those guys would have done fine. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, 
an official partner of The Athletic. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe get a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Like, I understand, like, you want to find the guy, but if you can't trade up for him, not to go quick hard left turn, but Hogue, has Justin Fields' stock dropped for, like, no real great reason like i feel like we do we it's trevor lawrence zach wilson like yeah. everyone you know and it used to be trevor lawrence justin fields now if people are looking at the big 10 championship when northwestern's defense was phenomenal i think you just look at the fact that justin fields played one of the greatest defenses in the history of college football but if Fair. you just look at the whole i mean then you look at what justin fields did against clemson and i, I just I, i've been i haven't like watched tape on him. i haven't really fo- focused on him yet but i'm just curious your take on where his quote-unquote draft stock is. Well, I think it's just that inconsistency. Because I, I and I've said this before on the podcast, I, I'm struggling to get that Northwestern game out of my head. Um, especially because, yes, the Northwestern defense was good, but Ohio State was also running all over them. Like, so it's not like... Uh, Best pass defense in college football. History. Well, I, I yeah. but also Newsom was out the second half. Most of this, actually, most of the last three quarters, he got hurt in that game. Greg Newsom, the cornerback, who's going to go in the first round for those that don't know who I'm talking about. So it's not even like he was out there. Now, uh, Olave missed that game, the Ohio State receiver, and he's really good, but it's Ohio State. You have like seven other guys who could come in at any given time and, and, and replace him. So I, I I am struggling with that game. and But then he comes back and he's amazing against Clemson, and some of those throws. Like sixty yards downfield were ridiculous, uh, but I still think it's there's some decision making questions that are in there. Uh, when you do get a better pass defense, it's going to mix it up and try to confuse you, and you don't handle it well. And I don't know enough about what Clemson's defense did in that game. You know, was it easier than what Northwestern did? I honestly don't know. I'd have to go back and look at that more. I think that's just where when you look at. Trevor Lawrence and you look at Zach Wilson there just really aren't those questions right now um it's just pure talent so now become, people be- love Justin Fields like people who yeah. recruited him I, I've heard nothing but good things about Fields so I don't think it's like anything off the field or anything like that or even questioning his intelligence and stuff like that like which sometimes happens and you don't know about like in retrospect I've heard 
why did Mitch Trubisky not get a single Big Ten offer? That's an interesting question in hindsight, right? Uh, a lot of, but at the same time, he went to North Carolina. North Carolina is a really good school too. It's a great school. So I don't know if that really. It's just these are. I bring that up only because in hindsight, that's sometimes when you're having conversations with people, they bring that up, and you don't really. Oh yeah, I guess that makes sense now. But they still don't always hold weight. These are just the things that come up in the draft conversations, and you got to weed out what's real and what's just sort of thrown out there to throw teams and people off the scent of of some some things. To to me, Fields and and Jones. They strike me as, as prospects you, you almost talk yourself out of, right? Like you, you nitpick, you look for reasons not to draft them. It's like the Deshaun Watson thing. Like you're, you're looking for reasons not to draft this guy. You're, you're going through everything to talk yourself out of this. Well, like Trey Lance is a guy like you talk yourself into, right? Like it's, it's the, the development, it's the, the raw ability, it's, it's, and it's the, the idea of potential and promise. Like it's the Trubisky conversation in a sense. If I'm the Bears, don't go overanalyzing Mac Jones and Justin Fields, right? Like they've, they both of them have benefited from strong programs, from being around NFL talent. But those are major programs. Like there's so much value in that. And think that the big games they've been in, the big games that they've won, don't talk yourself out of these guys, especially if they're there at number 20. That, that's the way I would view it if I was running the Bears. What, what do you guys think about whether it's conscious or subconscious of a Mitch Trubisky effect? Because I was looking at, like, when I was looking at Davis Mills the other day, and I mean, the guy has a very limited college tape, right? Similar to Mitch Trubisky. You look at a Mac Jones. You look at who's a two-time, you know, the national champion. Look at Kellen Mond, you know, four-year starter, tons of tape, tons of experience, like the, the antithesis to Mitch Trubisky. Trey Lance is yes. kind of like Mitch, you know, in terms of the one-year wonder and just all this hype about his potential and his upside. I'm just wondering, like, where I know I think I think this was asked of Ryan Pace in that press conference that Johns isn't allowed to talk about anymore, and he he didn't want to go there because he doesn't want to talk about the past. But like, I just wonder like how much that's going to factor in the evaluation process. I know the the kind of wild card here is Matt Nagy because this is this time this Matt, is his quarterback. Yeah, yeah, this he's involved, so maybe doesn't maybe everything I just said doesn't matter as much. But I already said it; and it's already on the podcast, and I'm not going to ask Kent to take it out. So I think you guys still are still going to have to run with it. Here's where the, I just want to bring up one key difference. Okay. It's important when people look at these quarterbacks. And I'm going to use Trey Lance as an example. So even the first time I wrote about Trey Lance, which was after the one game he played this year against Central Arkansas, immediately on Twitter, right? Every response, oh, this is Mitch Trubisky all over again. He's got talent, but he's only played 11 games or whatever it's been. Has you know one game in a year, inexperienced. Um, there's one huge difference. Like, if you go back and look at Mitch Trubisky at North Carolina, it was a lot of half-field reads, scheme throws, things that were, you know, made easier for him. Trey Lance, if you talk to the people who are around that program, will tell you he goes to the line of scrimmage and has the freedom to make calls, look at the protections, set everything up, and do all that at the line of scrimmage. That's stuff that Mitch didn't have, 
and ended up struggling with, right? Pre-snap stuff and post-snap. That's a different conversation. And it, maybe there's still some questions about, you know, how Trey sees the field once the ball snap. But that's something I love. Like that is something I remember when Derek Carr came out. And it's still the case today. He's one of the rare quarterbacks even in the NFL today that truly have the freedom at the line of scrimmage to basically do whatever he wants because they trust him. Not everyone can do that. So when I hear a college prospect coming out who had that experience, and Carson Wentz had the same thing, if I guess if you're going to go the other way and look at somebody who I guess really hasn't worked out, but he was at North Dakota State, same similar thing. But So it's no guarantee he's going to work out. But that's what I like about Trey Lance that I think is different when people automatically just say, oh, because the inexperience, it's Mitch Trubisky all over again. You know, Mac Jones only has one year of starting experience, too. But I like the fact that he was in that program a long time. And I like that he um, didn't transfer out. You know, he battled there. He he could have easily transferred out with all those quarterbacks and talent they had. And he's but he, he stuck it in there and whatever immaturity issues he might have had as a freshman, because I know he had a DUI at one point, doesn't seem to be an issue anymore. So I, every prospect has pluses and minuses like that, I guess is the point. They're not all Mitch Trubisky just because, A, that didn't work out, and B, you know, inexperience. What type of inexperience is it? It's not just about playing. It's about what they're asking them to do in their program when they're on the field. With Lance, I I would struggle if, if I was a scout examining his tape against, this is his 2019 tape, against like Illinois State, Southern Illinois. Now, all programs produce NFL caliber players, guys that are undrafted, guys that are drafted late. Like, I get all that. Like, the talent is everywhere. But doesn't that give you some hesitation? Mm-hmm. It would for me. It does until... So here's the thing I look at at pro days. It's not so much how they perform. It's you can still get a good look at how the ball like jumps off the like hand. He, he had a game, I just pulled up the stats, against yeah. Youngstown State where he attempted nine passes. Nine passes. Seven for nine for 160, three touchdowns. They blew this team out 56 to 17. Like I'm just trying to like. Well, you said two, I, you said two things there that. Um, I have both because I had this pointed out to me that like as a concern why are there so many games where he like I think I had this written down at one point in one of my stories about him like I think he only has like two games ever where they asked him to throw the ball more than 23 times that's correct something like that right now yeah 31 so, is his is, is his high 31. and I think that only happened like once or twice where yes. he was above 23 Correct. So it, it, it's now, but there's a couple things going on there. Again, this is why you can't just like look at one number. So he, he's on a, a national championship team. So first of all, all that stuff we say about Mac Jones, winning, being in a program, like it also applies to Trey Lance. It might be a lower level, but that is a big time winning program. Okay. They also run the ball a lot. And. You pointed out the score. Whatever you just said, 55 to 17 or whatever. 56 to 17. They're not airing the ball out after they, you know, they run up the score in the first half. So that it does explain a little bit. I think it's totally fair to be like, well, why do they don't throw the ball out with him? Do they not trust him? And then you do your homework a little bit. You look at the offense they're running, the scores of the games that they're playing in, and you kind of understand what happened there. 
Or I'm doing what you said earlier, which is talking myself into a player. Like, yeah. Maybe it's recency bias, but, but Mac Jones's performance against Ohio State, Ohio State in the national championship, like I I know he's surrounded by receivers who are going in the first round. I, I get all that. First round linemen. I get all that. But like Ohio State's got some pretty pretty explosive, pretty dynamic players too. And he was phenomenal in that game. To use a Dave Kaplan word, phenomenal in that game against in in a major game against a major opponent against a major quarterback. That would stick with me if 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 I'm evaluating him. That's where I would differentiate between Trey Lance's championship run and a Mac Jones championship run. Do you think? And like I, I I've I've thought about that too with Mac Jones. You know, he's just. Like you think about where the Bears, you know, when they aired on Deshaun Watson, you know, and like one of the things I remember when you talk to people about Deshaun Watson is like he's a winner. Everywhere he's been, he wins. And Mac Jones, like he's a winner. Like, yeah, he had a lot of great people around him, but he won. And that brings me to my question is how much do you guys think it's impacted the quarterback evaluation right now for this front office that there was not a Sun Bowl this year? <laughs> Kevin's just full of jokes on this podcast today, everybody. He set that one up pretty good. I'm going to look up uh, who... I'm going to try to see who was in last year's Sun Bowl while we... Uh, no, don't care. If Mitch was wasn't in, in it, it didn't matter. Uh, uh, yeah, Arizona State. Arizona State. Who was their quarterback? I, I'll work on this. I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys know what I'm ready Thank to Thank you. We'll be it. waiting for the answer. We're really excited for it. Um. Let's talk. Let's talk about the draft needs then. So, do you guys? I have quarterback still number one. Do you guys agree with that? Yes. Yes. What do you put at number two? Offensive line. Wide receiver. Ooh. Okay. Well, I have. Sorry. Yeah. Go Hogue. Well, I have cornerback second now. Hmm. Uh, um, and then I have wide receiver, and then I have more specifically offensive tackle. Is that? Yeah, I, I, if if I had to, I'm not talking about drafting a guard. I'm talking about drafting a tackle that would okay. eventually replace Charles Leno Jr. I, I think I feel like my my brain is skewed by, and it shouldn't be by like the trends of this front office and coaching staff. Like when you think of, they just never put any resources into offensive tackle. They've poured a lot of resources into wide receiver over the years, whether it be draft or free agency. And, and I just keep coming back to this Kenny Galladay thing. And and just it seems like there is a very, you know, legitimate desire to, to bring in another big time weapon. Um, and, and I just also and I said this to John the other day, like they have Allen Robinson. They have Darnell Mooney. It's kind of it, right? I agree. You know, I, wide I receiver. They obviously can't trust Anthony Miller anymore. Yeah, like they they I I I think so. I I said wide receivers are top meet. I think they should draft an offensive tackle in around one or two. We, I think right. you have to, but but you have you have two you have your two starters, and now you have a backup. Like you 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 theoretically have guys you could roll into twenty twenty one with and be okay. I'm not saying that that legitimizes not taking one early, but you could say that about offensive tackle. I don't think you could say about wide receiver. And Hogue, to your point about corner, I don't think you could say about corner right now. I mean, you have Jalen Johnson. And you have a, I, I think that the bear I think it's underrated the Desmond Trufant thing 
But the problem is the, the, the durability. I mean, that's a big, big question. Well, and the one thing I want to point out with the corner, this is where I went back and forth on like this idea that the Bears could maybe draft a corner in the first round now because it's become a bigger need. They don't have Kyle Fuller. I do think the one thing to point out, though, that's important is even though the styles are basically switching here, I think Jalen Johnson is now viewed as the Kyle Fuller of the two cornerbacks. Not style, because he's probably more of the press guy and rather than the drop back and play off guy. But I'm talking about like when the Bears had Kyle Fuller and Prince Mukamara. Like just in terms of one being the younger guy you can count on, the other one being the veteran that you're just trying to bring in more on the short term. That's Desmond Trufant now, right? So I, I'm, I'm talking about the way in which they're constructing the roster and specifically at that position. It would not surprise me if that's how they view it, that they don't necessarily think it's an enormous need just because they got rid of Kyle Fuller because now they have Jalen Johnson as that long-term younger corner that they know that they can count on for years. And if next year they need to replace Desmond Trufant in free agency, they can. Um, but I think it's a little bit different and riskier for mainly because of durability for both players. I don't know that you can count on Trufant for 16 games. I think it's kind of reckless to think that. And Jalen Johnson's shoulder, I mean, is that going to be an issue going forward? It might be. We don't know that. And so I do think it's risky to just count on that. And meanwhile, they don't have a, a they really don't have a great slot option right now. So like if you love Greg Newsom, can't he be drafted and then immediately play slot for you for a year and then maybe move outside next year to replace Trufant? Or if Trufant gets hurt early in the season or whatever, then he kicks outside. I it's just something to think about there. I I would not be offended if they draft a cornerback in the first round. I think it's justified at this point. You just want the Bears to take a cornerback you know well. Um, I mean, it always helps when they draft players I know well, <laughs> I mean, obviously. You got something, Kev? I got a point here. You go ahead. You Well, so I was going to say, right around this time last year, I wrote about how the Bears had continuously failed to stockpile premium positions in the draft. Yes, yes. Right. And, and and we're gonna we're gonna have something on this light next week. Offensive tackle, corner, quarterback, and, and wide receiver a little bit, right? But like tackle, corner, quarterback. Those those quarterback you say draft one every year. Corner you say you can never have enough. Edge rusher, you could say you can never have enough. And, and and offensive tackle. And they've ignored those years. I wrote this last year. Yeah. They I didn't remember really that. address them last year no. in the draft. And here they are without a whole lot of draft capital, and they need guys at all those positions. Like, this is what happens when you just don't... I don't want to say don't take those positions seriously, but you don't have guys in your pipeline that you could develop. Like, you know, if, if they treated other premium positions the way they treat the defensive line, they'd be in really good shape right now at a lot of different spots. Which is a great... This is why the offensive tackle thing matters. Because I agree... And this is why I actually put corner ahead of tackle and people got mad at me for that. But like... Because I, I sometimes think we overrate the need for tackle when I'm talking about specifically with um, with Leno and when they had Bobby Massey. Like, those guys were okay. And I still think people overrate... Like, I don't know why people pick on Charles Leno. He's actually okay. Like, it's not a major problem. It is not a major problem. And I think if you actually look how Effetti played a right tackle at the end of last season, did not allow a sack uh, or allowed one sack the last six weeks, and he did not allow a single pressure in the last four weeks. Those are real numbers. 
Okay, so he played pretty well out there. But it starts to it, it it's more so in the mindset of so maybe that's not an enormous need next year or this coming season. But to your point, Kevin, like you have to still take swings at those premium positions and have guys ready in the pipeline. So neither one of those guys, Fetty or Leno, are signed beyond this coming season. So what's your plan beyond this season? And if you draft a guy in the first round and he turned out to be an absolute stud, well, then you put him out there because he's probably still an upgrade. Like I'm not saying you can't you can definitely do better than the guys you have. I just don't know that it's an immediate like red alert problem that they have to solve. It's all an issue because we're all, to Kevin's point, we're talking about the most important positions on the field. And a lot of these guys, Allen Robinson, one-year deal, right? He's here for one year. You said, Like you said, Charles Leno Jr., he's got one year, deal, one year left on his deal. I think so. I know if Fetty's got one, but you could get out of Leno's deal anyway. It's Andy Dalton, QB1, one-year deal. <laughs> QB1 with a one-year deal. It's... <laughs> That is, that's a problem. It's a major problem. Those Desmond Trufant, one-year deal. Most important positions on your team. That is what the Bears face this year with the draft now a month away. Trade up, take Rashawn Slater. Trade back into the end of the first round, take Greg Newsom. Take Peyton Ramsey in the sixth. You're good to go. Offensive tackle, corner, quarterback. What about Riley Lees? What about Patty uh, Fisher? <laughs> I mean, look, you still got more picks. I just was giving you the three, you know, the three no, positions we were just John's, talking about. John's traded all the picks. There are no picks. Well, you would have to trade all those to get Rashawn Slater, too. So Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. All right. Well, this is a good uh, unexpected uh, transition in draft season here. Draft month. That's basically what we're in. It's a month out. I don't know how much activity the Bears are still going to be doing on the free agent wire. Uh, they do have DeAndre Houston Carson, though. One year deal, again. One year, one year deal. What about Cordero Patterson? I think Damian Williams kind of takes his roster spot. Actually, this is so. What do you, is Tariq Cohen the returner now? I can't recall ever seeing him return a kickoff. Uh, I can right before he set up the Cody Parkey double oh, doink. Oh that was, yeah, that was a pretty yeah, good kickoff right. return. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Forgot about that one. Gosh, the things that just get forgotten because of the double doink. Well, yeah, we're like that. Well, and so here's the thing. I, I actually like that idea of using Cohen more on, in the return because he's already kind of an offensive specialist, right? But, of course, that's how he got hurt last year was on a punt return, right? So maybe that's not wise. I don't know. He looked pretty good in that Eagles playoff game, though, returning that kick when he hadn't done it much at all and he you know gave him a chance to win just something to think about all right well uh i'm gonna go cry more about eloy jimenez's defense and uh i'll save you guys from that hope everyone has a good weekend yeah have a good weekend everybody and uh i don't know what the plan is for next week we'll come up with one we'll be here we'll be here all right, uh, follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Kevin, thanks for being here. It's good having you on the podcast the whole time, at Fishbane. Uh, and you, so you guys have a mock draft coming out Monday? Check it out. There it is. If you listen carefully in the podcast, they gave away at least one of their picks. I'm not going to say what it was, but it happened. I heard it. You gave away two of your picks. Ooh. 
So you can go back and listen to this podcast again if you really want to. Uh, please rate and review the pod. We appreciate you doing that. Uh, check out our t-shirts, obviousshirts.com. Tons of options. Actually, I'm actually, I screwed up. I'm wearing one, but I'm not really showing it off. So if you're on YouTube, you can see the collaborating since 2015 shirt. And um, what else? Tell your friends. We appreciate you. Word of mouth is great. Oh, I got a picture from my uh, uncle wearing a Hogan Johns t-shirt, guys. Where? He's a Packer fan. Ooh. He's a Packer fan, but he's wearing the Hogan Johns logo with the bear. He said it's the closest thing to Bears gear gear he will wear. (laughs) It also has his last name on it, though, so I think he likes it. Fair enough. Because he is a Hogan. All right. uh, We appreciate the support, even from our family. It's very nice. Thank you to everybody. All right. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless.